Epic Games released an update inside of Fortnite. They released an update in Fortnite that did not require App Store approval. So it was an internal push over the web, which added a payment method that will allow you to pay them directly for in-game currency. So when you went to add in-game currency, you could choose to pay them directly or you could choose to pay through Apple using the in-app payment system. This was a blatant disregard for Apple's current App Store rules, which say if you're doing in-app purchases, you must use our in-app payment system, which would then in turn give Apple 30% of the fee. Apple instantly removed Fortnite from the App Store and then Epic Games instantly in response dropped a lawsuit on Apple citing antitrust. And then in Fortnite itself, they held an event where they screened, I believe it's called 1980 Fortnite, which is a take on a shot for shot play on Apple's Super Bowl ad from 1984, where Apple was calling out IBM as the big behemoth of the industry. Now Epic Games was putting Apple in IBM's position. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am back, and I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And John, it's nice to have you back. Last week, you took a couple of days off. I hope you had a, a nice break. This little 10-year anniversary got my wife away. It was nice to detech for uh, for a few days, but I'm, I'm jazzed to be back. We got some juicy nuggets to uh, to go through this week. Yes, we did. <laughs> that's, juicy, that's a great juicy way to, nuggets. That's a great way to we have it. dripping nuggets to talk about here this week. Yes. So last week, Dan Barbera filled your shoes and joined me as Admirably. guest host. But I'm glad to have you back as the best co-host on any tech podcast. Thank Mr. you, Mr. John Ranger. Thank you. Thank you for coming back and not leaving me week two with Dan, <laughs> quite honestly. But there may be one person who may even be better than you. He's joining us this week. It is the current boy wonder. I almost feel like this guy is following in the shoes of Mark Gurman from back in the day. Android extraordinaire, Mr. Max Weinbach. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing great, too. So, Max, why don't you tell, before we get into the news of the week, in our opinions, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and a little bit about your background? So, I am Max Weinbach. I am uh, 19, a young person in this industry. I uh, hang out on Twitter a lot, where most people would know me from. I'm just kind of uh, got some tech opinions, a lot of them. And then I'm also uh, a leaker. So, I know a lot about Apple products, a lot about Samsung and other companies. Yeah, and your name pops up quite a bit. If someone is into watching rumor videos on YouTube or rumor sites. A lot of times in articles and in videos, your name will be mentioned. And it's interesting because a lot of people who've been doing this for a long time, who are much older than you, who have great careers in journalism, aren't able to break some of the stories that you've been breaking since you've been in high school. How does that happen? How does that work? I'm really bored all the time, and that just kind of leads to interesting things happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's jump into some news, because last week, I kind of went on a little bit of a tirade, and I'm not sorry about it, okay? In fact, I'm still a little perturbed this week. However, Apple, which last week we talked about their decision on Xbox Cloud Streaming and how 
they don't believe that cloud gaming apps should be allowed in the app store because they can't individually review the games. The games aren't individually listed or searchable on the app store, etc. Epic Games this week lived up to their name, in my opinion. Now, listen, whether you agree with Epic Games or disagree, what they did was almost straight out of a Hollywood movie. Epic Games released an update inside of Fortnite. So they're the makeup of Fortnite. They released an update in Fortnite that did not require App Store approval. So it was an internal push over the web, which added a payment method that will allow you to pay them directly for in-game currency. So when you went to add in-game currency, you could choose to pay them directly or you could choose to pay through Apple using the in-app payment system. This was a blatant disregard for Apple's current App Store rules, which say if you're doing in-app purchases, you must use our in-app payment system, which would then in turn give Apple 30% of the fee. Apple instantly removed Fortnite from the App Store and then Epic Games instantly in response dropped a lawsuit on Apple citing antitrust. And then in Fortnite itself, they held an event where they screened, I believe it's called 1980 Fortnite, which is a take on and playoff, a shot for shot play on Apple's Super Bowl ad from 1984, where Apple was calling out IBM as the big behemoth of the industry. Now, Epic Games was putting Apple in IBM's same position within 1980 Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Google also removed Fortnite from the Google Play Store for the same reason. Now, the difference is on Android, even if you're removed from the Google Play Store, Android doesn't only have one app store like iOS does. So if you install an alternative app store, for example, Samsung's app store, you can download Fortnite that way. You can sideload Fortnite. There's other ways to get Fortnite on an Android device, which I think is part of what Epic Games wants to point out through this lawsuit. We were removed on Android, but you can still install us. On iOS, Apple has the lock, the keys, they make the rules and they point to the rules saying, well, it's against the rules, but it's your rules. So... That is, in a nutshell, what's been going on. For me, as I watched, it was like I needed popcorn. I was watching a movie. It it was masterfully played from an entertainment perspective. And I think the way that it went down could only have been done by an entertainment company, which is what a gaming company is. They make stories in games, and it felt like entertainment. What did you guys think as the day went on yesterday? So first, this is very clearly a deliberate move and pre-planned move. I believe it was a 30-page lawsuit that was already written and being able to be served. Fortnite 84, whatever they called it, was clearly already made in advance. They knew absolutely what they were doing. And listen, if you want to make a name for yourself, if you're in prison, for example, what do you do? You hit the biggest guy in prison Mm. and hope he doesn't hit you back, right? (laughs) That's what Epic is doing. I appreciate that advice. If I find myself in prison, now I know. They're squaring up against Big Joe and uh, taking a swing. And people will align themselves naturally with the company who's competing against the big guys. And it's probably a brilliant marketing move. Probably not going to impact their bottom line. But it's going to get everybody talking about Fortnite and Epic Games. So from a marketing standpoint, it was probably a brilliant, brilliant decision. 
Max, where are you at with this? So I play Fortnite a lot with my friends because it's a fun game. Yeah. And we were all talking about that yesterday. And what was interesting was no one I knew in like actual outside of tech life. So normal people. No one knew about the whole like 3070 share that Apple does. Yes. So when they got rid of it, they thought Epic had done something wrong and Apple was just following their rules and didn't understand anything in there. And as someone that does understand it, I think Epic probably had the right call there. They did it in a terrible way, which is going to just get a lot of people really angry. But it's also going to get people interested in Fortnite again. So great for yeah. marketing. And Honestly, I don't think it was that huge on iOS or Android anyway. I think PC, PS4, Xbox, and Switch were probably the biggest platforms for it. So even then, who cares? Like, it's not going to do anything to them. And they lowered the price of V-Bucks across every platform by 20%. So if you did actually buy it on Android or iOS, which you can still do, by the way. If you had the app installed, you can still buy it using the Apple or Android yes. uh, payment systems, which is really funny. Epic is still losing. I mean, yeah. It's just an interesting way that they went about it. And it's going to be really fun to watch. So obviously they filed this lawsuit, which is a battle that's taking place in the court of law. But there's also the court of public opinion. And yes. the way that they did the mock TV ad, 1980 Fortnite, calling out Apple and putting in the hashtag and 650 million people play Fortnite regularly, a lot of people on mobile, are they going to be left out of future seasons of Fortnite? Like, what is going to be the backlash? Because if you're a Fortnite player, this is just my assumption, I think Max kind of spoke to this a minute ago, you don't care about the drama between these two companies. You care that Apple won't let me download this. Apple won't, like, what, yeah. what Apple, what are you doing? I'm just trying to play my game. And Epic says, you are not allowing them to make the game they want to make available to me. I can do it on Android. Why can't I do it here? And that is a similar sentiment to what we're going to be seeing with Game Pass, which is yeah. if you are a Game Pass subscriber, you have free access as part of that membership to cloud game streaming. You have that. Everybody has that if they are a member. However, if you're an iOS user... Even though you have that free access, you can't access it. If you're on Android, you can. But Apple is deciding not to allow it on their platform. And again, as the average consumer, you're not going to, well, let me look and see what Apple's argument is here. Oh, I see. It's the App Store. Okay, that makes sense as to why I don't get to use this feature. But my friend who has an Android device gets to use it. I'm cool with that. No one, no one does that. They're going to, okay, I have access to this feature that I pay for. Why doesn't my phone or iPad yeah. let me use this when other people are able to do this? So the sentiment of public opinion in the eyes of gaming, which a lot of people may write, well, that's just gaming. That's just entertainment. No, this is a multi-billion dollar industry with hundreds of millions of people. Apple, I don't see how they can win in the court of public opinion, even if they win in a court of law. And to that, I tell you, Apple does not care. I don't think Apple cares in the slightest about that. And in my, in my estimation, I think that that is not even registering on their radar. They have their standards and procedures. Epic Games, we agree or disagree, put their app on the App Store, which Apple owns and sets the rules for. And when you put an app on that, you are agreeing implicitly and explicitly to those rules. If I like those rules, you're out. 
whether you agree or disagree. You can disagree with laws of society. You break those laws, you still go to jail. Sure. You still get arrested. It's the same thing. You can think Epic Games is right. They still broke the rules and they knowingly broke the rules and there are repercussions for that. There are. Yeah. What was interesting was that lawsuit wasn't actually about Fortnite getting removed. It was just the in general, no side loading and no alternate payment methods on there, which that's probably the best way they could have gone about it. If they mentioned Fortnite got removed, Apple's like, oh, yeah, you broke our TOS. Sucks for you. But no, they're getting it into like a better way. And it's the way Microsoft, Microsoft's not going to do anything about it. Google's not going to do anything about it. They're going to complain. People will complain. But Epic Games went about it in a really good way to actually get something changed. It is interesting because as we found out as part of the antitrust trial a couple of weeks ago, not trial, but there was information that came out that Amazon got special treatment and Amazon Video, Prime Video, does not have to use Apple's in-app payment system and they're actually able to use their own. So when Tim Cook says to Congress that every developer is treated the same, and then we start seeing, well, that's not actually true because lying. Amazon was and is currently able to use their own in-app payment system. But when Epic Games tried to use theirs, they got removed. That starts to look not that great. Yeah, that's going to be not good. I could honestly see Apple maybe get rid of Prime Video's exemption soon because they now have Apple TV Plus. Right. I could see them getting rid of it now that they have a competing service. You know, I don't know. I mean, we have pretty much every streaming service available in the world is available on the App Store. So whether it's Netflix, Hulu, CBS All Access, YouTube, TV, et cetera, they're all there. And it seems to be in Apple's best interest to have them all there, especially if you want people to buy into the Apple TV app. So not the service, but either the hardware box or the service built into like smart TVs and Roku, et cetera. Now, if you want people to use that, you need to have content in there aside from the 20 or so shows available on TV plus. Yeah. I mean, I think right now, I believe the exception is users that download the Amazon prime app can sign up in the app for prime video. Yes. I think that's what it is. I could see them just making them remove that because of course you can sign up externally, just sign in. You're good. Like with Netflix, Spotify, whatnot. I actually, I think Spotify lets you do it in app, but it's 15% instead of 30. Yes. Yeah. But I could see them just having Amazon remove it altogether now. I wonder how that would go down because it took Amazon so long to finally agree to appear on Apple TV. What was that, like six months ago, roughly, maybe a little more? I don't know that they would take kindly to Apple pulling away the benefit that finally made them say, okay, we'll come to the Apple TV app. Very interesting. It will be interesting to watch. I don't know who I'm pulling for here other than just... I'm excited to just be entertained like this. I don't know. It's, it's 2020 fun. and yeah. we need some fun and watching like we don't have live sports right now, or I guess we do, but there's no, there's no yeah, crowd. What are you talking about? Basketball's <laughs> back, man. You're right. But there's no crowd. Like this is like Twitter is the virtual crowd as companies are banding together against Apple's policies. And we'll see, are they monopolistic? Is there antitrust there? Is it totally fine? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Let's move right. on to the next topic, which, John, you, you recommended this one. I do. And just to stop for a second, I have a randomly have a TV delivery getting delivered like 
as we as it was supposed to come after the show. That's what we do for work. Bell, so. Yeah. So just a okay, what's coming? Something is it an LG? Is it an LG? It is an LG. It's their uh, 65 inch new OLED set. Okay. Yeah. I, ha- I have a couple of those coming on Monday. A couple? That, well, LG is, I'm doing a 77 inch OLED, couple? an 86 inch nano cell, Jeez. and the 55 That's inch I OLED. Want, I, I want a bigger than 75 inch TV set. Like I'm, no, I'm you don't want the nano cell. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want the nano cell. Listen, I know. We talked, we talked about what we need. I know. We both okay, need okay, to get okay. the 85 inch right. Samsung Q950. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna grab the TV. Give me 30 seconds. I'll be right back. Go sign right. for the TV. Max, you and I will fill the time here. Yes. Give me your prediction. What happens here? Does Apple change their policy? I think Apple will end up lowering the revenue share to maybe 20% instead of 30. Mm. And maybe allow in some capacity sideloading. That's the big one. That's the big one because Epic Games even said if this wasn't a thing, we would put the Epic Games store on the iPhone and make that available and that people could download directly from us and we can update you know, whenever we want to. There would be no app store approval process because we would have our own store. I feel like the only way side loading or alternate stores could work is if Apple said, okay, you can have your store, but anything that you put in your store also has to be in the app store. So people need to be able to make a choice. If they want to install your store, that's fine. And buy from your store, that's fine. But if it's in your store, it has to be in the app store too. I could see that. But that's also getting issues again into like antitrust. Because then someone, if Apple denies an app and you want to put it in the other store because Apple denied mm. it for something, then you get, you get screwed over because you still Apple's still requiring it on their store. There's right. also no, allowing it somewhere else. And who's going to download it somewhere else if Apple has it, you know? That's a fair point. That's a good point. John, how's your TV delivery going? It's got, so it just, uh, it showed up. It was the second time it got delivered. It was showed up cracked uh, a few months ago. Terrible. Yeah. Never had that happen with the TV before. Jeez. So the LG 65 inch C10, I assume. Correct. Very excited to check that out. I've been itching for something new. I'm going to build out kind of a home gym and that's going to be the centerpiece of that home gym. Although like we talked about earlier, I'm itching for a giant TV. I've got a 75 inch older it's a three-year-old sony lcd that's my main tv and i just uh like i need bigger it's time it's time for us to both we have to get the same tv and then talk about it here on the show and it's 8k and it's it's amazing anyway next samsung if you're listening send us some tvs yes yeah please (laughs) okay tell me about google duo what's happening Ooh, this is peak max all right so google wants to merge duo and meet so in however many years, they want to totally get rid of Duo. Duo's gone and just only have Google Meet. And that'll be the overarching video calling service for consumer and enterprise. But how many times have they done this? I feel like Google creates and then kills messaging and video apps like once every 18 to 24 months. They just replace it with, they don't, why don't you just upgrade it to something? Why do you have to replace it all the time? Why does Google do this? It is the most Google thing to do. They finally get something good. Duo is a great app. I think Duo works beautifully. It works as advertised, as did Allo, I think, for that matter. And they like to make these things and kill them. And people wonder why they don't have an iMessage equivalent from <laughs> Google. It's because they just keep killing them all. Like, nobody wants to get invested in a service that Google's putting out that they know will be killed in 18 months. Yes. 
terrible. They've made mistake after mistake, making Hangouts a default SMS app, killing mm. Allo, merging Duo. I don't, I do, cannot understand who was in charge of the uh, Google Chat apps division. Yeah. Wait, didn't they just get a new guy in to go over all the chat apps like six months ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's probably like, well, corporate culture is all started these apps. So uh, I don't know. Let's just merge them all together into something no one cares about. Cool? Cool. Oh, my God. It's terrible. I mean, it's fine to have a consumer and enterprise apps. It's fine to separate them into two. Sure. You don't need to have them no be problem. the same thing. Oh, it's so Absolutely. Terrible. It's funny when companies like stumble backwards into a really good app. And for those of you that haven't used Duo, I think it is really good and a very viable alternative cross-platform to FaceTime. When I'm on Android, I use Duo all the time, and I think it works great. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why do you think it's so great compared to, like, if you're on Android, compared to something like Facebook video messaging or WhatsApp? Like, there's so many. I feel like they're all kind of the same. What sets this apart? So I like that it's linked to a phone number. So I can go to my parents' phone and I can just install Duo on it. I can go to my grandparents' phone. I can just install Duo on it to sign up for an account for okay. them or anything. And then when I, when I call them, it'll just ring, like FaceTime or any other app. Got it. And it sounds weird to say, I trust Google with my information more than Facebook. Yes. That tells you how little I trust Facebook. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So. Also on Android devices, there's something called app preview messages. So if someone doesn't have Duo installed, but app preview messages installed, you can still Duo them even if they don't have the app installed. Yeah. What is this, like an app clip? Fair point. Kind of. It's part of Google Play services. A few things, a few different apps, but I know Duo is one of the like, Duo and Allo were the main ones that supported it. But it's very similar to that. It's kind of like how Google Pay, you don't need the Google Pay app installed on an Android phone for it to work. If you go to settings and Google Play services, you can add Google Pay cards to it without needing to install the app. Same thing with Duo. The back end is just pre-installed already and updatable through apps. Okay. So Google Duo is going away. Allegedly. 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 Giant alleged. It said <laughs> 9 to 5 Google said it would be a two-year process and they don't even know when it's starting. So it could be in five years. Google doesn't know when it's starting? Mm-hmm. 9 to 5 Google doesn't know when oh, it's starting. Oh, 9 to 5. Okay. 9 to 5 Google doesn't know when it's starting. But there's a two-year process allegedly happening yeah. to phase out Duo, which is still fairly new, by the way. That was 2017, yeah. I think, 2016. Yeah. And to replace it with Google Meet. Okay. All right. Fine. It's 2020. Things are continuing to stay crazy. Let's take a break. And afterwards, let's mm. talk about, I'm curious, actually, is John excited about this or does he not like this? Microsoft's Surface Duo, I don't know if foldable is the right word, but we'll discuss that after the break. Welcome back to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. As you know, Geared Up is sponsored by National Car Rental. And if you don't know, I also do a show with National Car Rental on YouTube called Technically Speaking, where I bring you the latest, my picks for the best tech for business travel. Whether you're business traveling or even whether you're going for leisure travel, there's a lot of tech out there that can make your travel more efficient or even more fun. You can check these episodes out at the nationalcar.com control center or go to youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. Once again, big thank you to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. Okay, National Car Rental Story of the Week. Microsoft held a virtual press conference and then announced 
all the features of the pricing and ship date for their Microsoft Surface Duo device, which is powered by Google Android. Correct. And may have Google Duo on it. I don't know. It does. There you go. So Microsoft Surface Duo with Google Duo for now until it's replaced with Google Meet sometime within the next two years. But this is Microsoft's clamshell dual screen. I mean, it does fold, but it, it doesn't have a folding display. But this is their portable folding device, Android device, two mm-hmm. screens. And I don't know, when I look at it, I feel like I'm looking at something unique that it just has the Surface build quality, which has been really good since at least the Surface 3. I'm not sure how to feel about it, especially at the $1399 price point. But John, I was curious because... Yes. You love folding devices. This doesn't have a folding display, but it's still unique. Where and are I you have at? strong opinions. Tell me about them. All right. So I have a lot of opinions on this. So I was on the pre-brief with uh, Panos Panay, who's in charge of devices for Microsoft. And I think a lot of people are evaluating this device where they've ever had their hands on it. Us included, right? Yeah. We haven't seen it, haven't seen the experience, don't the software is going to be like. So I'll condense my thoughts into pros and cons. And I think there are a lot of pros with the device. Microsoft first is really good at software. Really, really, really good at software. I think where you've seen foldables and multi-screens be hampered is by really crappy software experiences. And I think that plagued the fold when it first launched. I think the software experience was not what it should be. And Microsoft is very good at software and allegedly worked directly with Google. Was it Hiroshi? My mind blanked on his last name. Uh, Directly with Google to sort of make this experience work. So I am excited to see the software in action. And it was asked to Mr. Panay why they went two screens instead of a foldable display. And they were very squarely answered. First, being able to use a Surface Pen. Couldn't, they didn't want to scratch or dent a screen that had sort of a plastic coating with some sort of glass on it. He said, okay, I mean, that's that, that makes sense. And so they could enable things and do things that they couldn't do with the hinge with the foldable. You know, they could have that 360 hinge. So I am very excited to see this Surface and Microsoft are known for amazing build quality, and I think making some of the amazing hinges in the industry. And when the first Surface launched, you could see that this line was going to be something. The first Surface was not there. It wasn't a device for everybody. But by the time we got to the Surface Pro 3, that was where it got to be a device for everybody. So I'm excited for what this is going to represent for Microsoft and for Microsoft to get back into phones after sort of the Windows phone debacle says a lot. And they asked him why they decided to go with Android, actually based on Android 10, as opposed to using Windows on it. And the answer was a very quick apps. Apps. It was apps. Apps, 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 mobile apps. Microsoft clearly learned what the problem was with Windows Phone and wanted the app experience. Yes. So I am very excited to see how the experience works with non-Microsoft apps, you know, non-Office apps. Now, on the negative side, launching a device that was $1,400 in 2020 without 5G is a tough build as well. And a Snapdragon 855. And a Snapdragon yep. 855. I know I, I could swallow that one a little bit easier than the lack of 5G. It looks ridiculous up to your head at making phone calls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is something people are going to have to deal with. To me, this seems more like a tablet that makes phone calls, whereas the Fold to me is more of a, a phone that can fold into a tablet. This is sort of a tablet first that can also do phone calls. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the build quality. I think the same thing is going to represent that the first, same thing that the first service represented. Like in a few years, Microsoft is committed. This will be something awesome. 
probably not there right now. But if there's ever been a device that was made for reviewers to test and play with that no one's probably going to buy, it's probably this, you know, and maybe the original Galaxy Fold. So I am excited. I'm curious to see it. It was very weird to see the Google search bar on a Microsoft made product. I know they had to do that. So that was just was fun to not see Bing on there. But I'm pumped for it. We should get it in hopefully the next couple weeks. Yeah. Max, what do you think? Am I, am I out of line? No, that's like I was part of the pre-briefing as well. It was really great to actually watch him use it and demo it. Because the thing, when you look at the images, we got the images mailed to us on a flash drive like the day before. And I went through the images and videos and I'm like, this looks terrible. I don't want this. If th- This is way too expensive. Yep. And then once you watch Panos use it, you immediately change your mind. You're like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I mean, it looks a little outdated, of course. Uh, design, it looks like a 2016, 2017 device. The specs yeah. are, of course, of last year. But it's like so thin and it just looks useful. And all of the thought process that went into it with the flow of not having to close an app, but just open it next to it and windows and just everything about it. It makes sense. Are you guys worried about the battery, the size of the battery? A lot of people have been saying the battery's small. It's powering two displays instead of one. It's smaller than the batteries in the single display like Galaxy S. Any worries there? I have a feeling they underclocked the Snapdragon 855. They said it was optimized for dual screen, which makes me think it's either more efficient or at a lower clock speed to use less power. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And I don't want to undercut Max's point about seeing Panos use it, changing the perception, because I wouldn't think this is ridiculous. (laughs) And then seeing it again, same thing, like seeing the passion that he had and seeing it being used, like, damn, okay, that's cool. And maybe we drank the Kool-Aid or the delicious orange juice and mimosas they sent us all beforehand. Or maybe just orange juice for uh, for Max. I got a but, DoorDash uh, gift card. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting device. And I think they're competing in a place that doesn't really have much competition right now. So I am excited for it and what it's going to represent. But it's probably not a device that most people are going to be looking to pick up immediately. Now, a lot of people have been panning this. They have. Saying it's underpowered, talking about the battery, etc. But I feel like... You know, even as Max said, he has the suspicion that it's underclocked. This is not like I feel like a lot of people who are especially enthusiasts, people who probably watch our content, they almost expect every device to be everything. Every device has to have the latest processor, the latest OLED display, the biggest battery. And if there's any spec where it doesn't check that box, then it's a failure not realizing that different devices can be made for different use cases. And it seems like Microsoft was really shooting for productivity. They did kind of show Xbox Game Pass on there, but this isn't a gaming phone. This seems to be the phone that they want you to use to do work. And you don't need the latest, fastest processor to power through Microsoft Office and doing emails and, you know, those types of things if they optimize the software correctly. I agree. I also, I don't like being told what I should use a phone for uh, either, (laughs) but I get the argument of you don't always need the biggest, right? Look at the phones with Snapdragon 765G chip. It's a very capable, very capable chip out there. Now, I I think if Microsoft could have put the 65 in and it wouldn't have hurt the delays, I think they would have absolutely put it in. Like 100%. So I don't know if that's going to impact things at all. The, you know, the 65 hasn't been out long enough to, or 65 plus hasn't been out long enough necessarily, I guess, to have the benchmarks completely yet. So 
I'm not sure what the difference would have been, but I it wouldn't hinder the experience of the device. No. And I don't think so at all. I think there was one device released earlier this year with very similar specs that everyone else also looked at a spec sheet, said this is super underrated, don't get it, or super expensive for what it is. It's the Z Flip. It's the same price, yep. basically the same specs, and yep. it ended up being one of the best phones of this year. Mm. And how many of those Z Flips do you have? I have <laughs> four question. sitting on my desk. Yeah. Actually, I have three <laughs> LTE and one 5G. So like you guys, the listeners, we can see Max, by the way. The listeners can't see him, but we can see his Z Flips that he's holding here. I have the gold one, too. I had to import this one from Korea. Do you have the Tom Brown Ooh, edition, though? I don't. You have that one. Okay. Though. Yes. I just have to flex for a second on Max. Okay. So taking yourself out of the influencer, journalist, whatever role, average consumer, you see this announcement, would you pay... $1,400 to $1,500 for this device. So you're not getting a review unit. It's just you see it. Would you buy it? Yes or no? Nah. I mean, so like the caveat is obviously none of us have actually seen the device and used it. True. Just based on what we've, what we've seen, uh, if I was just a, you know, an average consumer, I would be super excited for this phone and super excited for what it's going to be. And I would be cheering for this phone till I was red in the face, but I would certainly not buy it. If I was an average consumer, I wouldn't care. It's not an iPhone. Who cares? It's not a Samsung phone. Who cares? That's kind of <laughs> like... You know, just getting into the mindset of it, it's Fair like point. from a technical perspective, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I would walk away because it's not an iPhone. You know, it's one of those things. It's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Fair enough. Ship September 10th. So fairly soon. It's about three and a half soon. weeks away. Yeah. Curious. I'm curious to check it out. I was not on the pre-briefing. So I need to drop an email to somebody, which is crazy. Just as an aside, if I leave my house, if I walk out my front door, I am at Microsoft campus in about 18 minutes, yet the only people at Microsoft who ever contact me are the Xbox people. Just saying. <laughs> I need to change that. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> to be fair, the Xbox team is not a bad team to be in contact with around now. Oh, no. They're a great team. They're a great yeah. team. They don't talk to me, so you got that going. Oh, same. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm right down the street. How do I not know that you're dropping a new device? I don't know that there's any other tech influencers in this city that live here because I don't know anybody. Everybody who I know that does what we do is out of state. So I'm right down the block, Microsoft. Anywho, Microsoft Surface Duo, September 10th, $13.99 starting price. You can pre-order it from the Microsoft Store now. It'll also be pre-orderable at AT&T and at Best Buy. And it'll also be compatible with T-Mobile and Verizon, although they, neither of those will be doing pre-orders of the device. All right, up next, we have more to talk about. Samsung devices, foldables, flagship phones. It's coming up next on Geared Up. Geared Up is sponsored this week by Storyblocks. Storyblocks is the complete stock asset solution for creators like us, as well as businesses alike. They provide an unlimited library of high quality, royalty-free video, audio, and even images through cost-effective subscription plans. Through your Storyblock subscription, you can use your downloaded content anywhere. So for John and I, we can easily head to Storyblocks when we need a quick soundbite for the podcast or some extra B-roll footage or graphics to use in our YouTube videos. For example, at the beginning of each of my videos, I like to start with a fast-moving video montage. Storyblocks gives me the options for great looking video clips and even Adobe After Effects templates 
basically doing a lot of the work for me as pertains to making these look great. Head over to storyblocks.com slash gear, that's storyblocks.com slash G-E-A-R, or click the link in the show notes to check it out for yourself. Once again, big thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. It's now time to talk about a little more. Let's relive some of what went down at Galaxy Unpacked. John, you weren't here last week, as we talked about earlier, so you and I didn't actually really get to talk about our impressions of the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra and the official reveal of the Galaxy Z Fold 2, which I imagine is probably at the very top of your tech lust list right now. It is at the very top of my tech lust list. And I do want to give Max a bit of a shout out. During my peak of originally original Galaxy Foldness, Max was my go-to on Telegram for work, walking me through flashing ROMs, <laughs> trying to get it working, trying to get yep. the phones working with AT&T Wi-Fi calling. So for me, who's considered an expert, to go to an expert, Max is the king of the hill, I think, when it comes to these kind of things. So I did publicly want to say yes uh, to Max for that. DMs are always open to help people. <laughs> and he was always available and always super happy to help. So I appreciated that. Having said that, I thought that the Fold was going to need three devices, three versions. So version one, version two, and then version three was going to be the one to get. Mm. Like that seemed like it was going to be the way to go. It looks like they knocked it out of the park on Gen 2. Yeah, having like in-screen fingerprint reader would have been nice and that kind of stuff. But all the knocks that I had on the Fold at least appear to have very squarely been been fixed. That garbage outside screen, higher refresh inside screen, that stupid notch in the corner is gone. It's got that ultra thin glass that the Z Flip has. I don't care if the phone's got a ridiculously long, silly name. I cannot wait <laughs> to use it. I cannot wait to love it, caress it, and gently put it next to me in my pillow and put my arm over it and kiss it goodnight. Fair. Okay. Yeah. How is that for confidence in a device that he hasn't used or even seen in person <laughs> yet? Um, I'm, don't disappoint me. I'm excited. I could be disappointed, though. It could come out and be not what I expect. So. True. So let's talk about the price real quick, because that is obviously one of the things to consider when buying a device. So they didn't, they didn't announce a price, but the previous fold was 1980 Oh, all right. Look at this. Yeah. We've got Max Weinbach on the show, Mr. Exclusive. I know got. things. So I know European price is 1999 euro. Like that is 100% European price, which is 100 euro less than the 5G version that they got last year. And if you're going yeah. con- currency conversion, which you can't really do, it's, I would say US one's probably going to be 1800, 18 or 1900. So a little bit less than last oh. year. Mm. That's a lot of dough. That's a lot. That's a lot of dough, man. It is. It's not going to be a fun thing for my wallet. But you bought one last year. I bought one on launch day. I drove five hours on launch day to get the fold. So you paid $2,000 basically for that one. I paid 2123 after tax. This guy has the tax memorized and everything. 2123 after tax, you're saying this new one is improved in almost every way and it's a little cheaper. Half the storage. What what do you expect? What do you expect, John? Listen, it's still a lot of money, right? Like that's still a lot of money for a phone. Like I don't care if it sings and dances, it's still it's still a lot of money. Now, it's probably not gonna stop us in our industry from buying one. Samsung will probably hopefully send us one to use for 30 days and then that goes back. I would be excited for this device as an average consumer, I think. I think foldables have had people's curiosity, right? It's a novelty. It's something weird that maybe you've yeah. seen once or twice, but there's been a problem with it. Obviously, the big problem with this one is price. Yeah. I don't think price is going to come down for the foreseeable future. So if you get past price and you're an affluent average consumer, 
this does appear to be the device that gets people interested in foldables. I think the flip did that actually. Because I would go around with my flip. I would unflip it and someone was like, whoa, what is that? Is that like a flip phone? And I'm like, yeah, but it's an actual phone. Kind of. So are you more excited for the Z Flip 2 than you were for the Fold 2? Mm. Like to actually have a real real outer screen? I like the Fold better than the Flip from in like concept. But in use, I think I like the Flip a little bit more than the Fold. Because the Flip is more fun. It is a fun phone. The Fold is definitely, it's a productivity machine and it's kind of futuristic. And every time you open it, it's like an, oh, wow, this is cool moment. But with the Flip, it's something yeah. fun. You just flip it open, you're using it. And it's it's a fun thing to have. So it's fun versus useful. So we're just, Max, we're just three friends talking here. Nobody else is listening. Do you have <laughs> anything that you'd like, you'd like to share on the Z Flip 2? Uh, triple cameras, larger screen. How much larger screen? Think Razor. Like the Razor? Think Razor. Okay. There. Speaking of Razor, do we know what, what they're announcing? Uh, what, Razor what, 5G. Uh, what Motorola's doing? It's going to be a Razor 5G. Oh, it's going to run the Snapdragon 765G, and it'll be available on oh. T-Mobile. Look at that. I think, I think. So I had, a, I had a dude from T-Mobile send me a message and I'm like, hey, I found this Motorola code name in our system and it <laughs> happened to match the Razer 5G. So I have a feeling they're going to sell it. Interesting. It's like we got to do like a 30 questions with Max. Like, what do I you know. know about this? Go. <laughs> I'm going to ask the other stuff and stuff that I'm really just curious to buy. I'm just going to ask Max if he knows. A more powerful Apple TV? Like, is that, when is that coming? I Max, think that was going to be later this year. A lot of people say they're sitting in a warehouse right now, just waiting for the right time to ship it. I think that's probably going to be October. That's my guess. New remote or same stupid Siri remote? There's no way in hell they're doing a new remote at this point. They've kind of gone all in on that design. I say stupid Siri remote. I know people like it. It's not my ergonomic preference. There's a rumor that Apple is going to release a new Apple Watch with just a press release, Max. What do you think Mm. about that? And do you know anything about the next Apple Watch? This is the best-selling smartwatch in the world. We're talking about just dropping a press release. Last year, Series 5 was almost just press release worthy because the only big difference was the always-on display. Yeah. I have a feeling they're not going to do a press release because apparently this one's supposed to have a new design, which is uh, thinner bezels and then the missing button. I highly doubt it'll be a press release. There's too much information they have to put out about that one. And again, we're far out and Apple's probably working on the videos right now, like the launch videos. But I highly doubt that's going to be a press release. It's too big. And getting rid of uh, what? There were rumors of getting rid of the digital crown, too. That thing was apparently going away. Oh, really? Apparently. I don't remember that one, too. That probably won't be this year. But there were rumors of that one. So I'm just kind of, I'm uh, I'm interested for that one. Max, 120 hertz in 12 Pro? No. Ah, You're a crusher of dreams. I know. (laughs) Two weeks ago, you said... Apple should be ashamed if they don't release 120 hertz this year. I stand by that. I think the iPhone 12 is going to be boring. It's going to be a slightly better chip and a new sensor and square sides. That's it. No other difference. There's going to be a larger sensor. But I feel like last year, before the iPhone 11 was announced, people said the same thing. The iPhone 11 is going to be boring. It's just going to be an added third camera. It is boring. There's no difference between the 11 and the XS. It's just a but slightly it sold, better XS. It sold so much better than, first of all, it's 10s Max. First of all, I it's 10s. Okay. And second of all, it sold way better than a 10s. Like people were that actually generally excited not about the 11. But people were excited about it. They bought it. That doesn't make it not boring though. People get excited over little things. People got excited over Apple Arcade and I don't hear about that anymore. 
This man just said, <laughs> how does something be something being exciting doesn't make it boring? It's the complete opposite of boring. If you're excited no, about something. People can be excited for it. That doesn't bored. make it. No. Yeah. But that doesn't make it not a boring product. People can be excited for the launch of a product. People were excited for Unpacked and it was cringy to watch that. That was a boring <laughs> event, but people were still excited. It was for not it. good. The, it was the not The iPhone good. is a boring iPhone, but people are still excited for it. Just because it, it's a new product can be exciting, even if the product itself is boring. Okay. All right. So, Max, I, I, I'm just going to ask you all the questions. Everybody probably wants to know. Will the LiDAR be coming to all of the Pro models or just the biggest? I don't know. I know the biggest will have it. I think the smaller one will have it. Otherwise, what the hell is the difference between the 6.1-inch non-Pro and the 6.1-inch Pro? Right. That is a fair question. And also, it would have to be a plus instead of a max. Yeah. Yeah. This is a little bit in the weeds. We'll be using the Pro and the regular using a Qualcomm modem yeah, or X55. an Apple Intel modem. No, it's X55. The Pro will have millimeter wave. The non-Pro will have just sub-6. Interesting. Very interesting. And X55 modem across the board for that one. And I think they're going to X65 next year. Interesting. Conflicting reports that X60 will perhaps be in the Pro and that the lesser will have an Apple uh, Intel modem. I doubt it because they still want 5G in the smaller ones, right? Yeah, and it will be a 5G capable modem. And I doubt it. I mean, at this point, yeah. And the X60 modem doesn't officially exist. And I don't know, maybe Qualcomm would give them the exclusive for the first one with that one. How about the rumor that Apple will release a mid-year spring non-5G version of the iPhone 12? That would be what, like an SE kind of? That sounds kind of stupid for them. So cheaper just because there's no 5G. It doesn't sound like something Apple would do. No, but it gets no. product lines Rumor mill has been talking. Products li- rumor mill talks about a lot of things. It doesn't make it true. Like Exynos Worldwide for Samsung. That was a stupid rumor. That's not going to happen. Exynos Worldwide is a ter- was a terrifying rumor. No, I, it that seemed like a few happen. years ago, people were, were upset that their phones didn't have an Exynos processor. Yes. S7, S8, people were mad. I was mad. S9, Qualcomm became better. S10, Qualcomm was better. S20, Qualcomm's better. Interesting. So now we don't want Exynos anymore because people used to import them from out of the States just to get the Exynos processor. Well, here's the thing. The camera processing is different if you have a Qualcomm and an Exynos. The actual like display stuff is different. The place it's manufactured is different. Snapdragon Samsung phones in the US, especially the ultra models, are manufactured in Korea. The Korean factory for Samsung has better display calibration than the uh, Vietnam factory. So if you get a phone from Korea versus Vietnam, the Korean phone will be better than the Vietnam phone. So, okay. you know, there's a little bit different. That's there. interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of things to it. This has been like the lightning round for Max right now, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, this. I love it. Oh, yeah. Max, tell me about iPads. These are the questions that I wanted to know. Tell me about iPads. What's happening? Oh, so I don't know anything exclusive about that one. But from what I understand, there's going to be an iPad mini. All the iPads are soon going to have the iPad Pro design. Apparently, they're going in-display fingerprint scanner on them as well. So like the iPad Air will apparently get an in-display fingerprint scanner and an iPad Pro style design. And the Mm -hmm. mini as well will get a a Pro style design? I think so, yeah. So that's my dream device. Physical size and small bezels. That's my dream device right there. I and love I think the iPad going USB-C thing. across the board. I think they're going USB-C across the board for them. I think. So will there still be a Pro or is it just everything becomes Pro will still iPad. exist. And I think they're trying to like, I think the iPad Pro will soon become kind of like an Tab S7 with Dex. I think that's kind of what okay. they're going for. Because Mac OS on ARM basically runs the iOS kernel with a different operating system. Yeah. Mm. 
Speaking of macOS on ARM, we know Apple will be launching at least one product before the end of the year, which will be a new book. Apple computer with a Apple Silicon processor. What do you know? Yes. Oh, I was told don't buy it. It's going to probably be really bad. What? Yeah, I was told. That doesn't make any to, sense. I was told they're trying to half-ass it just to get it out onto the market, which makes no. sense. Yeah. No, that doesn't so make the sense. Chip, the chip is going to be a slightly modified A14. It's not going to have a fan, so they're trying to go fanless on it. So actually, at this point, there's no final prototype because there's just, you know, it's going to be a rushed out product. But they're like trying to decide between, hey, do we do a fan or no fan? Are we going to add the new tech to this or just do the old design with a new chip? So they're still trying to decide all of that. But from a software perspective, it's going to be pretty half-assed. It's going to have leftover parts of Intel Mac OS, and it's going to have new parts of Apple Silicon mixed in with some iOS stuff. And it's just going to be like what? a conglomeration of three different operating systems in one. I was excited for this. I got my 2018 MacBook Pro here that I'm waiting to upgrade to an ARM Wait book. for 2021. Well, listen, crushing my dreams here, Max. I am not Max Weinbach, so I'm not saying that I have any information. But I feel like Apple has to come out with a computer, the first one that has Apple Silicon. They have to show, look at what we're able to do with our processors versus what we were constrained by with Intel processors. It can't be a similar yeah, experience. I would agree. It has to be like Apple has to come out of the gates. This is huge for them. This is a once in a 10 to 15 year thing that they're doing. This is yeah. almost like a game console launch where you don't launch a new console. Like you only do it like once a decade. I can't imagine them having their first product, which all eyes are going to be on. Let's see what Apple can do. I'm not saying the hardware is going to be terrible. I'm saying the software is going to suck. The software is going to be terrible. The performance will be fine. Oh, you're talking about Big Sur. So you're talking about Big Sur, not, Big not Sur, the hardware. No, the hardware will uh, – the, the chip will be fine. It won't be the okay. best it can do. Right? It's They're taking an uh, mobile chip and changing it for a laptop. And then in the future, they're actually developing mobile and laptop separately, which is where things get interesting. But this is basically a modified A14. You don't want that okay. entirely. You want the dedicated, hey, we're making new chips – from scratch for the Mac. That's what yes. you want. But right now, the software is going to be terrible. Like, expect it to crash all the time. Things won't load. Be slow. Like, the performance will be fine if you benchmark it, and that's what they need. But, and the hardware will things be fine. won't load. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait. So, wait, hold on. Max, you're teasing us here. What's coming in 2021? Uh, mm. Think they're doing custom chips specifically for Mac. Right now, when they were developing the A14, they took the A14, and then they just changed it to run on a Mac. That's kind of what this year is. They're not probably not going to call it the same thing, but that's what they've been doing with the iPads. So the iPad, the uh, A12X is basically an A12 that they amped up for a larger size. They're doing the same thing with the A14. Okay. After that, they're not even taking the base A15. They will do a separate series that they started from scratch specifically for the Mac. Got it. Okay. There's no like mobile base to it. It's from scratch specifically for Mac. So the way that Apple could do this, this is just me speculating based on everything you just said. You bring back the 12-inch MacBook. So this is not a Pro. Oh, yeah, no, they're doing that. Air. They're doing that. You bring back the 12-inch MacBook, which was, it looked great and was severely underpowered. Battery life was not great. Performance was not great. And if you bring that out with Apple Silicon and you compare that to the previous 12-inch MacBook, you can very easily say, look at what we were able to do in the past at 12 inches. 
with no fan, which the previous 12-inch MacBook didn't have. And now look what we're able to yep. do with Apple Silicon. Still no fan, way better battery life, way better power. Like that's the message they need to get across is what is the benefit? I heard a good rumor that apparently they might not do a MacBook Pro and they might just do the MacBook MacBook itself with no fan. And that might be the first one. Huh. And that would make sense. I think sense. that makes sense. That I heard that might sense. be the I first makes one. Sense I don't know, like... I can't say it's going to happen, but that's what I heard might happen. Based on everything else that you just said, it seems like that would be the way to go. Because that's a yeah, category great. where they can say, here is something that we've made that we couldn't have done with Intel. Because you don't want to release a new MacBook Air or MacBook Pro that is no faster and no better battery. It's like, it's just equal. What's the point? It ha- there has to be a point. What's the it. difference? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. Max. Thank you for uh, joining us this week on the show. Thanks for putting up with our lightning round. John kicked it off and I just jumped in. Of course. But that's what people are here for. They're here to see what the guests have to say. We're bringing you on for your expertise and you did not disappoint, sir. I'm glad I did Absolutely. not. John, I know you got to get out of here. Max, I thank you so much for joining us. Max, Again, thank you, man. Before you leave, let people know where they can find you online if they want to uh, get even more of your your expertise so on instagram you can see random instagram stories from like 2 a.m at uh, m weinbach <laughs> on twitter my twitter's max weinbach and you'll just see a constant stream of just whatever i'm thinking of at the moment and uh, i also write and do reviews for xda developers so you'll see things up there like the surface duo review and I'm going to say, if you follow anybody on Twitter, Max should be at the top of your list if you're interested in technology. I think he does an absolutely amazing job, as responsive, and is a genuinely good human being. Thank you. See, I like how you took my gimmick right there and put Max. If, you're, follow, if you're following anyone on Twitter, Max should be the top of your list. First one. I love it. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live and John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.